The Chet Calvick Podcast Network. Two Angry Men. A podcast featuring a legendary baseball player and a legendary sports broadcaster. Two Angry Men. And now here's your hosts, Chet Calvick and Denny McLean. Joined by the former 31-game winner, the pride and joy of Motown, Mr. Denny McLean. I know that one way or the other we're going to wage war on this, so here I'll take my turn at bat, then you can throw the fastball at 95, high heat. St. Louis had a major problem with Mark McGuire. Fan convention coming up. He still hasn't addressed the uh, St. Louis media, hired his batting coach back in October. This is the very same guy who stood on Capitol Hill, spoke in front of a Senate investigating committee and said, uh, I'm not here to talk about the past. I want to be positive about the future. Tonight, in my opinion, while guys like Kerchin on ESPN, Tony La Russa, a guy I used to respect, is uh, uh, carrying the torch for Mark McGuire. My opinion, La Russa, McGuire, there are whores on North Avenue in Chicago, Denny, who have more character than Mac and Tony combined. Well, isn't that a mouthful in more ways than one? That's the best um, I can do on short notice. Know, I- First of all, I don't understand how you can hire a batting coach who can only be a batting coach if he is on steroids. Uh, I mean, the mediocre hitter up until he went to steroids. Yeah, he hit a lot of some long home runs, but you know what? He was a mediocre baseball player until he went to the steroids. But this is the thing that bothers me. He goes to Congress. He lies to the world because he refuses to answer the questions. Just talking about the past is not important, as he said. Now we've got a series of people I'd like to talk about, but we don't have the time. But you've got Roger Clements, who is, I was told today by a former federal prosecutor, is going to be indicted. The Barry Bonds trial is coming up. Sammy Sosa, sooner or later, Sammy's got to step up to the plate and say, I I took the steroids, but I didn't know because I got to go to my airline commercial. And then, uh, then you have LaRusso and, of all people, Bobby Knight endorsing what Mark McGuire did today. I, If I am the commissioner of baseball, and even the commissioner of baseball is bent over and waiting for somebody to bring the long piece of whatever and shove it in his old arse, the bottom line is the man should be suspended. He lied to the world yes. for eight years ladies and gentlemen eight years now here's my point and you know i love pete rose and i've always said he doesn't deserve to be in the hall of fame if you are going to let a man like mr mcguire come back and play baseball in the major league limelight and all of the things that it attracts being a coach why don't you let Pete Rose back into the game? Who did? I know what Pete did is is far worse. Believe me, I know what he did is far worse. Betting on the game, and 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 it's real obvious that he bet against the Cincinnati Reds from time to time. But a lie is a lie is a lie, and this guy lied to Congress. So if you let one back into the game, don't you have to let everybody back into the game? You know, Denny, what's laughable about all this, from the perspective of McGuire, is this. He's telling the world right now, he tells the Associated Press, well, you know what, uh, they wouldn't give me a grant of immunity, so I wasn't going to take my family down that road. In other words, he couldn't stand on Capitol Hill in front of the Senate committee investigating steroid use in Major League Baseball and tell the truth because he didn't have immunity. That is absolute bullcrap. You know it, and I knew it. When you're Mark McGuire and your uh, profile is that big, don't tell me you couldn't cut a deal with the feds to come clean on Capitol Hill. So major major lie, number one. Number two, 
He continues to perpetuate the lie. And I buy what you say about Pete Rose. A lie is a lie is a lie. You're not just a little bit pregnant. You're pregnant. Pete was pregnant. Right. He's been banned from life. I wrote today for uh, uh, the Chicago Tribune's website, chicagonow.com, that I am strongly urging Bud Selig, a guy I like. Most people don't like him. I think he's terrific. Major League Baseball had $7 billion, $7 billion in revenues this year. If Bud is really commissioner of baseball, he bans Mark McGuire this year because, Denny, it's going to be a sideshow. Can you imagine the way McGuire is going to be treated at uh, but, uh But here it's worse than that. Wait a second. It's worse than that. If they catch a guy using steroids in minor leagues, he's out for at least a year or two. If they catch a major league player, he's out for a short period of time, up to a couple of months, uh, and a second time, a little bit longer, and then a third time he gets suspended. Now, my question is, what is, mar- what is more serious? I'm not sure if the steroids is the serious issue here. Lying to Congress, lying to the United States Congress of America, to me, it is just... When you commit perjury, you've committed a criminal act. You just haven't told a little white lie. You've committed a criminal act. That's what Mark McGuire did. And if this commissioner is listening, God knows, I hope, if he's listening, you need to do the right thing. He needs to be run out of the game for at least a year, maybe two, maybe three. But I'm going to tell you, if he doesn't get punished, there's something wrong with with the game far worse than I ever thought there was. See, here's what's interesting to me, uh, DM, about this. When Pete Rose got knocked down by Bart Giamatti, Pete was so immensely popular with the American public. If he comes clean, he would have been forgiven overnight. Now I'm hearing all the apologists, guys like Tim Kirchin, guys like Bob Knight, guys like Tony La Russa. And you know what, Tony La Russa, there was a time I thought he was a stand-up guy. I mean, really a stand-up guy. As I mentioned right now, there, there are prostitutes on North Avenue with more credibility than Tony La Russa. If, if McGuire would have stood in front of Congress and said, guess what, you know what, this breaks my heart, but I have to come clean in front of this August body. Yes, I'm guilty. I did use roids. Here's a timetable. Here's what it did for me. And and don't come out with this line of kind of, but you took it because you did it for health reasons. Your home run numbers grew exponentially. You lied to the American public. Right. I didn't like McGuire to begin with. I always thought he was an arrogant son of a bitch. Now I can't stand the bum. Well, you know, the case has been made. He lays in his own bed, and I don't know what will happen during the summer. Uh, normally, there is an outpouring when people finally go over the line and they admit to what they did, but they don't wait eight, eight years to do it. Pete got away with it. You know, if Pete doesn't go back to exactly what he was doing, Pete had a shot at getting back at least into baseball, not necessarily in the Hall of Fame. I don't think that will ever happen. But Pete at one time, but then he went right back to income tax evasion. He went right back to the broads. He went right back to the dog and pony show, and Pete will never get in the game. Now, let's move on, because there's another story here that ties right in, and that's our gun. That's uh, Jesse James with the Washington basketball team. Um, Arenas, you know, i got to tell you something. I'm going to tell you what disgusts me about this gun thing more than anything else. There's a guy on the basketball team in Washington, a guy by the name of Stevenson, a you know second line, third line, fourth line player. If you can have that many players on a on a professional basketball team, this Stevenson is now taping the name of Arenas on his body when he plays. Oh, 
Aww. Now, if the league allows him to do this, this kid should either get a PP test because he's absolutely out of his mind, or you should suspend him if they find him. At least he's he's able to make a decision of some kind in his life and walk and talk at the same time. But if this is if this is going to be allowed, then something's really wrong. And then today, as we speak here today. Jason Williams, another former NBAer, right. was sentenced to 18 months to two years in jail for killing his chauffeur. Now listen to this, folks. Killing his chauffeur eight years ago. It took eight years for the family of the chauffeur that Jason Williams killed with a gun. Eight years. Now, this quick story here is Jason Williams comes home. He's drunk as a skunk. He's in the house. The chauffeur is being a part of the dog and pony show. I guess everybody was drinking. And lo and behold, Jason Williams, by accident, by mistake, shot the uh, chauffeur. They didn't even call 911 right away. They they were hoping to God the guy was going to retire or, or uh, recover from a shot in the middle of the chest, for God's sakes. So, you know what I mean? Guns, guns, guns. If we didn't have them in our society, there'd be millions of people over the last 50 years that were probably still alive with us. The guns are the worst thing ever cast on this country. The guns continue to be the largest enemy of human of, of human kindness and human everything. And the bottom line is if we could figure just some way to get rid of them, Jason Williams wouldn't be going to jail. Stevenson wouldn't be wearing a tape on his damn butt. And uh, Arenas would not be now sitting down. And I think Arenas is going to be down now for a couple, two, three years. Hey, uh, DM, one quick story, one quick point. A buddy of mine, Curly Boo Johnson, who was the uh, dribbling expert, the uh, latest version of Curly Neal, was yeah, with sure. Jason Williams. He was in the room when Gus Christoffi got whacked by Jason Williams. Oh, my Curly, God. Curly just cringed and froze. Called me later on that night and said, you know, Chet, what should I do? I said, first of all, don't say a word and get an attorney. Now, yeah. this affected him so badly, Denny. He lost a significant amount of weight. The trotters darn near uh, uh, busted his contract just because he happened to be in the room with a drunked-up Jason Williams. So, you know, the Williams shooting not only affected the Cristofi family, it affected a bundle of people. Now back to Gilbert Arenas. Here is where this becomes so pathetic that I Gilbert Arenas should be institutionalized. He's called out. You know, uh, the word leaks that yes, he had the uh, he had the gun showdown or non-showdown with a teammate uh, in Washington. Hey, whether it was a showdown or not, the point is you don't pack heat, loaded or unloaded, into a locker room at uh, at an arena. After yeah, he was three, called out, after he was three. called out for gosh sakes, you know, and he's in the huddle doing the six gun routine. You want to know what his next gimmick was going to be before he got suspended? He was going to take the guy he had the showdown with. And during the introductions, they were going to do the old-fashioned, going back to the 1800s, walk ten paces and do a mock shooting with each other. That's what we're dealing with. Tell me these guys aren't screwed up. A mentality that we have never seen before. It is just atrocious. And the NBA, while they have done the right thing so far with Arenas, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't have any real confidence in the NBA. I think, I'm sorry, and I don't mean this with everybody in the league, because there were a lot of Joe Dumars in the league at one time, hmm. too. Yeah, there were. But we've got a bunch yeah, of hoodlums in the NBA. I'm going to tell you, a bunch of hoodlums. And there's been a lot of people that have defined it far worse than what I just did. They all want to be a part of a gang for some reason. They want to be in the in the hood, as they say. But, you know, 
Um, there's a lesson to be learned here, and I'll guarantee you this, Chester the Molester, not one player in the NBA will learn anything from this suspension of arenas. Not one. They aren't that smart. You know, Denny, this is uh, this is why going back to uh, Joe Dumars. Hey, you know, uh, like him or not, and he's got some personality flaws, Isaiah Thomas was a decent guy. Joe Dumars was a decent guy. Sally was a I decent did. guy. Lambeer was spoiled, but a, but a decent guy. Today's NBA... Thomas was, was nasty, nasty, nasty. But he was nasty. He, he was a baby-faced assassin who would just put put a knife in your spleen to win a ballgame. But here's my point. How can you blame Joe Fan in Wichita, Kansas, or Ottumwa, Iowa, or Detroit, Michigan, or Chicago, Illinois, if they go back to the old 1980s refrain that the NBA is nothing more than a thug league? There's no question about it. Now, let's talk about, you were talking about the whores on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. I'm going to, I'm going to redefine the word whore in the city of Chicago, but this one, this whore is in Los Angeles, California, where he was head coach of Southern Cal until today. His name is Pete Carroll. And Pete Carroll has left Southern Cal to go run the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Why? Folks, listen. He already had his chance in the NFL and he bombed. Uh, it was brutal. He was just out of his league. They say he's too nice of a guy. What is he, returning, trying to find his ass at this point in time? Here's my problem with him. Number one, he's gutless. And why is he gutless, Chet? Because Southern Cal is about to be hit with some major league sanctions. And Pete Carroll, this gutless whore from Southern California, is running as far as he can north without going into the other country called Canada. I think this is behavior. That is beyond any line that I've seen in a long time. The head coach running from the trouble that he created and promoted. You know, without the coach allowing all these dog and pony shows, without these players being to be paid, without producing these women for all these players in college and all the other tricks and bells, none of it would go on. Pete Carroll has been the biggest sinner of all for very for a long time now. You know, I take a look at college football in general. I'm watching yep. the BCS national title of the game, and you know what? I understand that... Uh, at a university that a head football coach carries a great deal more responsibility, for example, than a biology professor or a guy teaching uh, uh, Rembrandt 101. You got to fill the ballpark. You got to deal with the alumni. You got to recruit. You got to deal with kids who don't want to go to class. But the fact is, when I'm looking at uh, these players out there uh, risking injury, sweating blood, trying to win for for good old Texas and good old Texas, I'm going to take the loser's side uh, on this one because it, to me it's more intriguing. Yep. Mac Brown, Mac Brown was going to get a bonus of four hundred thousand dollars if Texas had knocked off uh, Saban and Alabama and won the national title. What what does Colt McCoy get for his for his four years at Texas of giving up body and soul? He'll be remembered by that final ball game that he got hurt carrying the football and couldn't help the poor old Longhorns win a national title. So you know what? Who really, who the hell really needs Colt McCoy right now? You, you, well, Mr. McCoy is going to wind up with about twenty million. Yeah, but it, Mr. McCoy wouldn't. Have, Denny, yeah, but he wouldn't have got the twenty million if he didn't play at Texas. But it's perverse that coaches make this I kind agree. of dough, and we got ball players making nothing except uh, uh, maybe some FaceTime yeah. ESPN. It's just listen. Warm. I've always said this that players in college should be paid some kind of a stipend. I don't know if it's ten thousand, fifteen thousand, or fifty thousand, but the, it, it is so easy. 
at a college to raise tens of millions of dollars. All they do is go to the alma mater. Exactly. All they do is go to the, the 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 folks that have been to the school and others, and they go say, "Hey, listen, we need ten million by August." They have it in a week. I mean, they can pay the kids if they really want. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of money under the table, unfortunately. But you know what? Sports has become that. Everything is, seems to me to be under the table, whether it's steroids or whether it's girls, whether it's the Chicago hose. It doesn't make any difference. It's all become kind of sinister now. All of the games. You, you know, and here's, I've got a great question for you. How come we never hear anything about hockey? Hell, nobody watches hockey. Yesterday was the greatest football game I have ever seen between Phoenix and, um, Green Bay. Green Bay. I'm going to tell you something. The last two quarters of that game were the greatest 30 minutes that I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, Warner, I'm going to tell you, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. The guy only missed four passes all day in a game where they scored a 1,000 points. Who's ever heard of such a thing? Wasn't it a great game to watch? you got to admit that. No matter how bad you may called the defense. It was the greatest game I've seen in a long time. The, the, the game was mesmerizing. In fact, in my opinion, it's an instant classic. Only one thing bugs me about the ball game. This morning yep. I'm at uh, the East Bank Club here in Chicago having a little breakfast. You know the joint. You had lunch with me there and had the, uh, had the apple pie and ice cream. Some guy walks up to me and says, how about, how about Rodgers blowing the game for the Green Bay Packers? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he fumbled in overtime. Hello, he got whacked from both sides. Lost control of the football. By the way, there was a face mask penalty on that play, which was not called. And Carlos Dansby runs it in for a touchdown. So here is a guy who's born out of the gym at halftime. He orchestrates 28 points in the third and fourth quarter to get his club into overtime. And people are calling, and at least this one guy and other people, are calling this guy a loser today. Explain that one to me. And there's a lot of people. A lot of people in Green Bay will do the same thing. Now, let me tell you somebody who's not a loser. Derek Jeter's getting married in November. Do you think we'll get an invitation? And then lastly, uh, Bly Levin doesn't get in the Hall of Fame again. They, they, they let in Andre Dawson. You've got to tell me why. Bly Levin is a legitimate, legitimate superstar. Superstar wins 270 ball games. Has always been not allowed to get in the Hall of Fame for whatever reason because this guy's timing or that guy's timing. Let the other people work. But you know what? I was a little disappointed with Bly Levin this time. He almost sounded like some of the other guys who didn't get in like on the first round. And Bly Levin's got a lot to bitch about. But the bottom line is he started crying a little bit this time. And I don't care for that. When they start crying a little bit about, well, you know, when is this going to happen? When is, I don't, you know, that's not the true character of a real man to lay out there in front of the public and God and everybody else and start to tell everybody how bad and how sorry you feel for yourself. I thought that was a little bush. But on the other hand, man, nobody in the history of the Hall of Fame deserves to be in there more than he does. Denny, here is the problem I have. The Dutchman, you mentioned the uh, W's. If I'm not mistaken, he had 254 complete games. Now, the White Sox and Cubs combined over the next 15 years will not have 254 complete games. So I do think the Dutchman has a right to go public and bitch if he wants to because he's becoming a 21st century Ron Santo. But here's the other issue. Sure. I know you're not big on Andre Dawson. Dawson winds up in the Hall of Fame. I would have put Blylevin in in a heartbeat over Andre Dawson. Only thing I will say about Dawson is this. I have not seen a corner outfielder, with the exception of Roberto Clemente, in right field for the Pittsburgh Pirates, have better 
arm velocity and accuracy than Andre Dawson. Would you buy that? Uh, listen, I think he was a I think he was a very very good player. I'm just saying in the order of the way it should be, Bly Levin should be there ahead of Dawson. And by the way, don't take this the wrong way because as you know, there's no bigger Cub fan in the entire history of the Chicago Cubs than Denny McLean. I mean, I I was born a Cub fan. I wanted to sign with the Cubs in the worst way when I come out of high school. Hell, they wouldn't even talk to me, the jerk-offs. And uh, <laughs> the bottom line is uh, I, I, I saw the Ernie Banks and the Gene Bakers and the Frankie Baumholz and the Harry Cheaties, and I can name the whole club, buddy, from the 50s and 60s. Now, the other guy, I don't, don't please don't take this the wrong way. I don't want, I don't want anybody to blow up my car or anything, but I don't think Ron Sandals a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. And I think the history of him trying to get in has been plainly in view for everybody to see that he's not a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry, he's not that Hall of Famer guy. And I, Ron gets me a little upset every year, every other year, when he's begging in the papers again and he's got his kids running around town trying to get him in the Hall of Fame, running around the country, throwing all this promotional stuff out. I think it's disingenuous. I think it's phony. And uh, I wish he would just quit doing it. Because one day when he quits doing it, something good might happen. I, uh, I'm going to shock I, you on this one. I agree. Yeah. The Hall of Fame yep. is for the very excellent, the absolute elite. The Hall of Fame is not for the very, very good. Denny, in my opinion, here's how the Hall of Fame operates. If I was a member of the BBWA and the baseball writers will never give up their cherished right to control Hall of Fame balloting and let guys like Vince Scully or Jack Brickhouse or Ernie Harwell, guys like that who've forgotten more about baseball than they'll know, you know, vote for uh, the Hall of Fame. Sure. How can you let four players... With Jenkins in, with Williams in, and with Banks in, how can you let four players in off a team that never won a damn thing? You can't do it. Yeah, I agree. And and you know what? It's like when Bill Mazeroski got in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he must have kissed every ass within 500-mile radius of where he lived. I mean, listen, none of these guys compare with a Billy Williams or with an Ernie Banks or with a Ty Cobb, uh, Ty Cobb, I hate to even bring his name up because that man should have got the electric chair for what he did in, uh, racially. But, uh, you know, the Mazarowskis and I, and I throw Ronnie Sano in the same group as I throw Mazarowski, yet Mazarowski got in the Hall of Fame somehow. But, uh, Sano, I just don't think ever, I don't think he, to be honest with you, I don't think he's even close. They can do this dog and pony show. They can promote, promote, and promote, but I don't think he's close. Yes. He suffered a horrendous, horrendous medical condition. But that doesn't get you in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. Once again, two angry men separated by nothing more than Highway 94. I'm Chad Kapik. We will catch you again in seven days. Until then, peace, love, rock and roll. 